Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Real as L. Tonight, I have a very special treat. I have some very good friends of mine who actually co-wrote one of my favorite books now. It is called Eagles Don't Flock with Pigeons. And um, yeah, if you have not gotten your copy already, I don't know what the L you're waiting for, but go right ahead, shoot right on over to Amazon.com and get your copy today, honey. Okay, it will bless your entire life. But in the meantime, um, I would like to introduce you to my dear friends, Dr. J and Pepper. Um, Yeah, let's go ahead and just jump right in. Let's talk about what's happening let's talk about this book called eagles don't flock with pigeons yeah yeah it's just about awareness and self-awareness and stuff like that so yeah we can uh, we can talk about that um we we doing podcasting now um you you like i mean we was thinking about doing it and then you had yours and then you really um i was like okay we got a few hours because i mean yeah, you you encouraged us. I mean, not encouraged us, but like influenced us to just like actually just go out and just do it. And so. so he's trying to say thank you. That's why. <laughs> Is that what that was? No. <laughs> yeah. He just didn't yeah. want to be here. Just yeah. say. How are you? So. Her name is Pepper. He calls me Pepper. So I mean, my name is Alicia, but um. I don't mind anyone have, saying my name, for example, if you were to say it. It's just that that's just what he taught. That's that's just what he calls me. If I say Alicia, I don't think he actually knows that that's my name. So he might think that we're talking about somebody else. So, yeah, he, he's in mind because the only reason why I'm called Pepper is because I... I am like Pepper, you know, and Tony Stark and facilitate and help him with his entire life. So I'm an admin person. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I went out and tried to get my own coffee and I got I had dairy in it. I was about to drink some cow milk in my coffee. Cause... That's where it actually came from. And so the day I came, I went to go and get his coffee because I was ordering his coffee every day because... My name is actually Idiot before it's <laughs> and um, I <laughs> I had my iPad and um, a bunch a Kindle I think I looked like a, a a personal assistant like went there and I was like um did he order his coffee and um, the woman was like yeah yeah he ordered it and I was like right with this milk or whatever and he was like you know he didn't get the right milk and I was like listen. He does not drink dairy. So <laughs> I go there and I basically am like, you put dairy in his coffee. He's not going to be happy with that. So she was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Because she definitely, I'm like also in a call at this point. Like, yeah, yeah. So can <laughs> you that you can do like this? So anyway, I go and meet him and I've got this real coffee because his coffee joke. And I'm like, you actually haven't ordered the right coffee. And then that's when I became Pepper because I then had to, I then had to basically fix his life before he realized it needed fix. You are amazing. I love you. 
Thank you. Honestly, he didn't even know he has problems. He didn't really he was about to drink milk that came. Yes, from I was about to drink animal milk. Yeah. Mm, yeah. He was about to drink that meaty milk. He didn't even <laughs> My question is, um, how did the book series come about, or at least this particular book? Like, did y'all wake up one day and was like, you know what, some idiots around here, and I just gotta set them straight because that's that's what my books are about. So. <laughs> I, I think the book came from, from me. Like, I got the initial idea um, from a coffee. I was sitting in a coffee shop, and uh, it's called Pret. And so they have it in England. I think they're getting some in America, too. I think Guys, I Pret? I'm sorry. Yeah, we're, we're getting a Pret. Yeah, we're getting a Pret. Okay. Yeah, so um, I'm sitting in Pret, and I just start looking around, and I have one of those moments that it's like you're out of your body. Mm-hmm. And you're just watching people and everybody is just mindlessly scrolling through whatever, like, you know, Instagram or TikTok or whatever. Everyone's doing this. And I was like, we're all doing the same thing. We're all idiots. Everyone is stupid. And, uh, and, and no one's even like aware of what's going on. We're all doing the same thing. And um, I was just like, people need to be aware of how unaware we are. And um, I just want to talk about it. Um, I decided to write a book based on like the amount of notes I had. I was like, well, I got a bunch of notes and I guess a book is just a collection of notes, right? So, and then um, I, you know, I, I had writer's block and, you know, I didn't really want to do it all myself. And then I knew Pepper, and we talked about a lot of the stuff that I was writing about. And I was like, I think that um, you should join me in this, because we talk about this stuff all the time. We're basically just writing down the stuff that we have conversations about. Right. So you should just jump in on this, and then, you know, I'll give you credit. You know, um, <laughs> and then it just happened. Yes, I think, actually, um, he's right, because... I actually came in like, I'll just help you. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is that you need, I'll be here to help because on the side, I was actually in a job where I was a little bit depressed. So I was like, you know what? It gives me something to do outside of my job. And also I always wanted to write a book, even though I didn't know what I wanted to write a book about. It was something that I really, really wanted to do. So he'd been complaining about stuff like this for a really long time so i was like okay i can get behind this because you know like you said like he said like we we always talked about these things um we were definitely very much aligned in terms of the way that we felt about things um so i really just came in as a helping hand and then it really ended up being quite a joint effort in terms of the skills that i have um were good and skills that he had and and they were very unique very different you know i was great at coming up with the kind of creative ideas he was definitely more the polisher that would go along and edit everything and so i can't do what he does and not that he can't do what i i do because i think that he can but it it probably doesn't come as easily to him i think and and vice versa so i think we made a really good team um, and that's kind of how we ended up doing this book. Right. 
right. Yeah. It's freaking amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, I like how, you know, when you mention <laughs> all these idiots, everybody's an idiot. No. Um, <laughs> we're talking about. Um, it's not <laughs> um, but yeah, in the beginning, um, one of the things that stood out to me was. Um, most have reached their peak identity crisis. And I think that's what drew me in, like when um, when I first started reading the book. And I was like, yo, that's me. Let me go, oh my God, am I a pigeon? I'm like, you know. <laughs> like, you know, something then, and then I like how to, um, first of all, it's not that pigeons are bad. Oh. You know, um, just sometimes pigeons don't know that they're pigeons. And then it's not always, you know, I've realized that maybe I'm not a pigeon, but I have pigeon moments all the time. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, she she did that because really? I was I was ready to call everybody stupid. And then she was like, <laughs> yeah. hey, like, let's let's call it pigeon moments because sometimes <laughs> you do have pigeon moments. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, so I think that's what we what I what I observed at the prep. You know, everyone was doing what everyone else does. And it's just like this is how we live our lives. We just follow the leader. Follow the, some influencer and then that's the trend and everyone does it without thinking about if this works for me or not. And I just wanted to, you know, talk about that and get people to like start being themselves. Like you're you, you might not be that person. So, you know, stop trying to live like Kim Kardashian and live like you. Exactly. I've struggled with that for years. Um, I have three siblings that grew up in a home with me. And then when I was eight, my aunt died. So my parents took in her four children. So it's eight of us growing up in the same house. So, and I write about this in my book, actually, trying to find my identity. Like, who the hell am I? Like, <laughs> I, I felt like we were all, my parents were trying to raise us to all be good, of course. Um, and then, of course, growing up in a Christian home and having to, um, you know, live your life a certain way. Like, it was hard for me to find my identity. And then I was the second youngest of all these eight children. Um, so it's kind of like trying to find my way, trying to compete for attention and affection and fall into adolescence. And then going off to college, I know I quit school like three, four times. Yeah, I felt like, you know, I would disappoint people if I went proud or, you know, X, Y, and Z. So, sadly enough, <laughs> it was only, you know, when I became an adult that I realized that I don't have to conform. I don't have to, you know, follow the leader. I'm going to make somebody mad anyway. So, yeah, I think I if you're not making someone mad, you're doing it wrong. And I think the only person you should be concerned about disappointing is yourself. Right, right. Yeah. It took me a long time to realize that. But see, if I had this book 20 years ago, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would be in a whole different place. But I think, I think it's a, it's a journey, and I, I don't think there's a, there's a moment where everyone is a hundred percent an eagle, and that's what I feel like we needed to really recognize in the book because I actually think 
we go through different parts of life and sometimes insecurities play a factor in our life and we can't help ourselves you know conformity actually has uh, there's there's actually reasons why we conform sometimes we don't have enough information we don't have enough knowledge um it's not necessarily that everyone that conforms is a pigeon or is a bad person and i think the reasons as to why we do it is just being able to understand why we do it and take accountability and reflect upon those reasons but oftentimes you know you talked about it being sad that you figured this out in adulthood and there's people that i know that like 50 60 and they're still out here doing the same things that my friends are doing and i'm like i'm in my 20s and maybe they even might be earlier they might be at like 15 16 years old because they really care about what their family think they really care what their friends around them they really let that kind of define their entire lives and i don't think there's a necessarily an age in which we just think oh we don't care anymore i think actually as you get older it becomes more difficult to actually you know break away from the fact that we care about other people's opinions so i think that being able to understand yourself is completely a journey it's something that we have to reflect on day to day and question ourselves and keep asking questions we're always going to have those pigeon moments and sometimes it's okay to ex- and think how could i do this better because no one's going to be 100% eagle some people will find that it's so much easier than others to be this eagle and stand out from the crowd but ultimately we're humans and we're we're going to make mistakes and we do naturally care about the people that are around us and so it's not always going to be easy to just necessarily discard their opinions of ourselves you know so i think it's it's the book to me is not necessarily about being it's not binary it's not about being an eagle or a pigeon it's actually just being able to be accountable for the way that you feel about yourself and the way that you choose to move forward and and reflect upon your decisions and the way that you feel about yourself and your ideals and i think that's what we're trying to gain out of this there's there's no perfect one of my uh one of the stories i wanted to talk about was the amanda story so is that you too <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry you know what I, i'm just gonna leave i'll come back when you guys you know, want to talk about some medical <laughs> stuff i wrote that all by myself and everyone always brings it up every time and yeah. so he gets really annoyed like why do you bring it up <laughs> i mean to me I, it's stuff that i hear all the time especially about you know taking the photos and you know always posting because i mean that was me i admit that was me for a long time like i was never present i would always go places like you can look at my social media from like years ago and it's like like oh my gosh she must be having a great time i don't know i wasn't present i'm busy taking pictures you know <laughs> yeah um and then but the sad part of that is the story about the boyfriend and the friends and you know things like that like i've gotten to the point where i don't even have so many female friends anymore because i go ahead and tell them look you stupid stop being stupid you know i went and and let them know up front like first of all a man's going to be a man um not only that you can't like if you're attracted to somebody 
what makes you think that he's not going to be attracted to somebody else as well? You know, it just depends on how you act on it. Um, he's going to look, he's going to be excited, you know, whatever the case is. But my thing has always been having those upfront conversations with your partner. Um, what is this? What is, um, what are the dynamics of our relationship? Are we seeing other people? Are we not seeing other people? What makes you uncomfortable? You know, think, having these conversations and then later on down the line, there are no surprises. There are no um, disappointments because you already know what it is. So yeah. that right there kind of hit home as well. I won't say no more. Um, Dr. J, you got anything you want to say? No, no, I didn't, I didn't write it. You know, I'll, I'll come back in. I'm listening. I'm a listener now, right now. But, um, so yeah, she, she wrote that based on how we have these double standards or like how we're influenced by people that don't really matter to us. So in the book, we talk about like <clears throat> getting a group together that you, cause we do have influences and we do want people to care for and people to care about us and by, you know, so you don't, but that doesn't have to be everyone. Mm -hmm. So you can have a board. So in the book, we talk about forming a board of directors where those, those are the people whose opinions matter. Everyone yeah. else can kick rocks. And so, you know, the Amanda story, she's in here talking to one of her friends and her boyfriend likes someone on social and it's not a problem to Amanda until she tells her friend. It's a problem to her friend. Now it's a problem to Amanda. Yeah. And it, it wasn't an issue until her friend said it was an issue. Right. And so now she's going to break up with her boyfriend or, you know, cause a problem or an issue that wasn't an issue to begin with based on Amanda's standards. And so now you let some outsider who, who doesn't really care, maybe he, she likes your man anyway. You know what I mean? So, so you let her come in here and influence your relationship based on something that wasn't an issue to begin with. And so, and and that's, that happens in life. So that, that's a concept. That's right. not just some singular thing that happened. That, that happens with, you know, I went to med school with people who didn't even want to be doctors. It's just like, my mom expects this of me. You know, I, I want to paint, you know, or I, you know, I like, I like to dance or I wanted to, you know, do be a vet or whatever, but that's, that's bringing shame on my family or whatever, you know? So, you know, they're doing this hard career. They're working, they're studying just as hard as me for something that they don't even want to do. And so, yeah, that, that was a good, but, so I wanted to talk about that, but Pepper's ability to bring a story to what I'm trying to discuss and still have the concept in there, but you know, making it more relatable to things that we've all encountered. Oh yeah, you know that—that's her skill. That's one of her skills. Thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blushing. I'm blushing. I think. Um, <laughs> you know what? I was so bored at that time when I was writing the Amanda story. I, I actually channeled my in a millennial, in a kind of millennial gen, gen Z type person. And I was trying to think about what matters to me. I, I literally was like, if I went to coffee, some of my friends, what would happen? And they go to coffee and they take a picture of their coffee and be like, can I post this? And, and so I really channeled that. And there's nothing wrong with that 
it's not that I'm saying that, you know, there's anything wrong, but the thing is when we talk about relationships or when we're talking about ourselves, we we have a culture maybe that society tells us that we have to conform to. And then we have our own individual cultures and there's certain rules and boundaries that we all have as individuals. And there's certain things that some people will find acceptable and other people won't. And I think with that situation, it was something that she found to be fine. You know, it's like, okay, he liked a picture of somebody else. It's not a big deal. But Maybe there was a little part of her that was like, right, I'm going to speak to my friends about it. And then suddenly that culture then starts to weigh on to her. It's like, well, how dare you? I mean, I've been in this. I know, Charity, that you've probably been in the same situation where your friends can hype you up and you wasn't even ready to fight someone. Next thing you know, you're ready to fight a bitch. It's like, that's it. I'm ready. I'm ready to kill someone. And it's like that level of, you know, you was fine before that and someone can really hype you up and, and make you feel a certain type of way that you never really felt before. And I think that was what I was trying to get at. It's like, okay, if you're in a relationship where there's maybe great communication or you understand the way that men's minds work, like men are on Instagram. What else are they going to be on Instagram for? Like cars and haircuts? You know, it's like they are instagram and i'm not saying that they're solely there to look at women right. but find things that are attractive to them and i think that it's exactly the same reason actually to a certain extent why women are on instagram it's just that women are more likely to find women that are attractive to them so that they can replicate that attraction and become that woman do you know what i mean it's like the same it's actually the same reason it's the same thing but we do it for different reasons and so it's a little bit of a double standard because we all say um you know i'm not accepting of you liking this picture of this girl and it, it might be completely harmless but that doesn't mean anything to a man it's just double tap scroll down double tap it's not a big deal he's not really thought massively about it we might look at Kim Kardashian double tap. Oh, her nose looks kind of nice. Like, how can I change that to to how I want to look? Or maybe her hair looks really nice. Or maybe the fact that she lays off her baby hair, that's the next thing that I want to do. And it's like, these are the things that maybe as females, I'm not saying I don't want to make a sweeping statement that we might look at. And we expect men to not kind of also appreciate the same things that we appreciate and so that's the reason why i wanted to speak about the amanda story because to some extent there is an aspect of us as females where it's like okay you can't be attracted to anybody else and if you are what does that say about your attraction to me it doesn't it doesn't say anything at all and and if it does maybe it's a lack of communication between you and your partner or a lack of understanding like between you and your partner and i think that it it doesn't have to take away anything unless you allow it to so that was that was kind of what i was trying to get at in the amanda story it it hasn't it's been mostly positive some people are like no i don't i don't agree i don't agree you know i could not necessarily have a guy liking some pictures of some other girls but then to me that's a reflection on you as a person it's like okay why why is that if you understand that he's attracted to other women the same way you're attracted to other men let's not lie about this we are not just attracted to one person 
why is that an issue and is it based on insecurities or is it based on you conforming to what society says you know is is supposed to happen you're supposed to just be two people that are just attracted to each other why is it that we have these behaviors and and what's the consequences of that so that's what it was about yeah dr j um the last episode that you were on you broke it down you were like you can't cheat on me yeah i i felt like that like since my marriage so when i was married i um i had the insecurities but it was more so um i was always defensive um I was controlling, you know, I, I owned a lot of that, um, of what happened in my marriage or whatnot. Until I realized that, okay, I'm better than that. If you feel like you can step out on me, you're not cheating on me. You lose out, you know? So, <laughs> cause I'm like, you know, I know who I am. I know what I bring to the table. I know what I carry. Um, so there's no reason for me to feel a certain way just because you look at another female or you know whatever the case is but yeah how did you feel about yourself like how is it that you felt about charity at that time like could you say that you were completely secure because i think that our behavior and how we treat others most of the time is a reflection on how we feel about ourselves so mm-hmm. when you felt like okay i'm i'm in this marriage and by all means maybe they are like not the best person for you and maybe they can't be trusted but if someone couldn't be trusted in terms of you feeling like i want to control this person and i want to be able to make sure that he stays with me like at, at what how did you feel about yourself at that po- in that point of the relationship that is a really good question um i felt entitled and it wasn't so much that you know i was like depressed or upset that you know he found other women um attractive and you know he had female friends and things like that it was more so that okay look you're with me you can only be with me i'm sure i had the mindset that this marriage is what makes me who i am so if it failed i fail so you can't mess this up for me <laughs> you know it was more so that yeah and, i mean you know i was young yeah I, I had no business being married i got married and, and that's another thing with the conformity um my older sister she got married at 23 my younger sister got married at 20. um so i felt like you know around that age it's, it's time to get married settle down have babies <laughs> things like that <laughs> i was 25 i was the last to get married um yeah i felt like i would have i was missing out so it was like okay um you i pick you <laughs> it's yeah. literally like that he he was my boyfriend from like middle school um we grew up together um in high school we dated a little bit a little bit through college and then it's like mm, okay we're grown-ups now let's get married okay. right like a like marriage pact and and I'm wondering for example because you got married at a similar age to your sisters maybe a little bit later whether you felt that the 
like people were going to perceive you a certain type of way if you didn't get married and for example if he was to leave and be with somebody else how that would reflect on you so not only are you going to be upset but it's like oh okay you're the one that has the marriage where some guy actually moving to another woman so actually was that reason for being controlling it was like can you save my reputation my status because that matters to me in terms of the way that my family perceive me i believe so yeah. now can i ask you a question so now if you move to say you lived on this island that didn't allow wi-fi and um it was you and this, yeah and this guy so you you on this island that doesn't have wi-fi no one knows you there you don't know anyone there like your parents um you know they they had very peaceful deaths when you were a teenager so you don't have anyone that knows you would you still Mm -hmm. feel that same pressure to marry this guy pressure no like would you still have done it you know you don't know these people no one knows you um and he's there on the island with you do you still marry do you still make that same decision yeah if if he would ask i would have said yes um because he's not a bad person Mm -hmm. um i still love him to this day i just i don't feel like and it's good that you brought that up because it's like maybe our environment i always say in a different um environment different people around we probably will still be together um, because we could make it work. We love each other. Um, we love our kids. We were happy about the pregnancies. You know, it was one big happy thing, but we had, we let a lot of outside influences um, interrupt what we had going on as far as our marriage. So that so, was one of the things that, so that's what I was trying to get at. Like, yeah. um, other than just like having these pigeon moments or, letting social influence you like we there was this term we brought up in the book called societal conditioning so Mm -hmm. even though you're on this island no one knows you you don't know anyone else your parents aren't there to to disapprove or approve you still do the same thing based Mm -hmm. on you being born in a culture that expects you to do that or you know just like mold you to do that you know because it actually if you're happy to date someone and you know the whole concept of marriage it's it's really an unnecessary step that yeah. we've decided means so much to us as a as this society you know and so you saying you know I gave you that scenario and you were like yeah I still do it and that that's what we um, termed societal conditioning I, I don't know if we made that did we make that up I don't know but I think, yeah <laughs> It might be real. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say it's made up just to, you know, give us some props. But yeah, we um, <laughs> we talked about that. So like our, it, the influences that our society and culture have on us play a big mm-hmm. part in like if we're self-aware or not, you know, why we do what we do. And, you know, right. we we talk about religion like the next book is is actually on religion. And, right. um, you know, for the most part the religion that you practice is is probably just uh, 80% based on where you were born. On the next episode of Real as L, I will continue the discussion 
with Dr. J and Miss Pepper on why eagles don't flock with pigeons. Stay tuned and we will get more into religion, what it is, and guess what? They're going to put me in a hot seat. Till next time. Megaphone, everybody can hear you. When I whisper in your ear, you make it loud and clear up. Megaphone, everybody can hear you. When I whisper in your ear, you make it loud and clear